Hello and welcome back to the Now We Know Show, the show where we discuss a topic of interest and by the end we will have learnt something new and hopefully you will too. I'm Zach. I'm Buzz. And I'm Jack. And this week we are taking a journey to Mars. Mars. We've been looking forward to this episode for a while, haven't we? Yeah, that's true. It has been in the running for a while. It's been in the making for a while. It's a subject that uh, I'm fascinated by. Yes, me too. And and I have been since I was a kid. You know, I've watched uh, all these sci-fi movies dating back to the 50s. Mm, Very much so. You know, and you saw Forbidden Planet and things and and your mind starts to think, oh, you know, wouldn't it be cool? What could be there? You know, Mm. wouldn't it be cool to go to other alien planets? And don't forget Total Recall. Uh, of course, Total Recall, uh, hence why we named this particular one Get Your Ass to Mars <laughs> as a reference from uh, Total Recall. Yes. Uh, oh, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger's Total Recall, by the way. Yes, not the remake. Not the remake. We don't talk about the remake. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to see if we can get our asses to Mars. Yes. Uh, is it a possibility? Is it a reality? Could it happen? How are we going to do it? Yeah, is it dangerous? Yeah, is, is it, it feasible? Should we do it? You know, can sci-fi become science fact? Yes. Yeah, yeah that yeah, be good. That, that's, uh, that's what we're discussing. Yeah. And as always with the Now We Know show, we're discussing it from uh, a layman's perspective. You know, mm, yes. None of us are specialists uh, on this particular subject, and we like to discuss things uh, as if we're sitting around a table, having a dinner. Open discussion. At the pub, wherever. People always have discussions, and they like to have those discussions in a free and easy manner, layman's perspective, and we do our best to sort of sift through all the information and come out hopefully Hmm. with some answers at the end of the day that are both scientific and factual yes which is why we'd like to hear from you as well oh yeah from the audience because that's the thing yeah yeah, because if we don't get it exactly right yeah uh, and you pick up on something while listening to this podcast then yeah that's exactly what we want we want you to feed back and we want to learn more yeah put us straight and teach us new things about the subjects that we talk about so mars this is the enigma, I, isn't it? I would very much like to see hu- the human race get to Mars. Okay. What well, do you think we'll get to Mars in our lifetime? That's I hope question. so. I hope so. That's a good question because that's something, as I said, from being a kid, that I've always thought, oh, you know, Mars. I mean, I remember the time when the first sort of images of Mars were being shown on the TV. The and red they were, planet. They were, they were very um, blurred. Mm. And it was, yeah, people used to uh, sort of, guess that there were canals on Mars. You know, uh, I, I even think, uh, and again, listeners put me right on this, uh, Patrick Moore, who I think everybody in the UK knows Patrick Moore, Sir Patrick Moore, um, fantastic, uh, brilliant astronomer, and he's passed away now, but even in his early days, I believe that Patrick Moore, uh, when they were looking at the images of Mars and they were hmm. dark, sort of shaded areas, because of the clarity is you know, nothing like it is now. Yeah, we yeah. have obviously rovers on Mars, we've got Mars orbiters. High power telescopes, yeah. Mars orbiters. But back then, even Sir Patrick Moore was suggesting that maybe these patches were patches of vegetation. Yeah. You see? And so, you know, it was, it, as a kid, from my perspective, it was like, wow, yeah, wow, could super there be fantastic. vegetation on Mars? Could there be canals on Mars? You have, you know, sketchy photos of, if everybody knows, the, the mountain, which is, like, called the face of Mars, you know? Yeah, so, okay. Um, there was one recently as well about it looked like a man sitting on a rock on Mars. Oh, oh I, yeah, I remember I, that one when we were at school? <laughs> Everyone was saying, "My God, there's an alien on Mars." They found a picture of yeah, it. They so. seem to keep doing that though. I, I see that a lot of images from the rover are sort of put out from NASA, and then they pop up on social media saying, "Oh, look, you know, there's a there's an alien." Uh, uh, 
sort of soldier on Mars. I'm sure I've seen something about like an alien monolith on Mars. There was meant to be an alien monolith on one of the moons. Not sure which one, but uh, orbiting Mars is meant to be a monolith on that. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's what I thought. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, maybe that's something we can look at more of the... Yeah, that's kind of our our kind of... But we, we're, science fiction head on. Yeah, that, that's science fiction, and uh, dare I say that word conspiracy, because a lot of people only have little conspiracies about Mars. So and things. those um, shady patches you were talking yeah. about, what did they turn out to be? Uh, well, as we know, Mars is now uh, it's pockmarked with craters and mm. also dry seas. Yes. You know, so, so there was at one there point, was one at point, one point water. vast amounts of water on Mars, mm. and for whatever reason, its atmosphere obviously collapsed whatever atmosphere it had but uh, and of course once the atmosphere uh, it, it's much Mars is smaller than Earth mm. lower gravitational pull and uh, so everything sort of was drifted out into space the physics are completely different to the, yeah. how they are on this planet yeah, I can um, imagine it being a pretty hostile environment yeah it's a very hostile environment now we, we, we know and that's why we've got right up to date rovers mm. on Mars looking for all sorts of things. You know, life on Mars, of course, is the one that always leads the newspaper reports, but mm. they're looking for mineral deposits, looking for water deposits, looking for all sorts of things. Because that's also a thing. They want to get rid of the industry on Earth and get it all from space, yeah. like other planets, yeah, yeah, yeah. asteroids. I think, I think we're kind of jumping down the road yeah. Yeah, yeah. conversation, but that will we'll come up again anyway as we go. So uh, who wants to really sort of kick this one off? I've, I've got a few questions that I've prepared. Okay, yeah, fantastic. I'm quite genuinely interested in discussing because i have no idea first one yep this might be a big question Mm -hmm. is it necessary to colonize mars or would it be easier to fix earth ah now that is a that that's a good question Uh, uh, and probably a fundamental question that again i was expecting to come up during this conversation um very multi-layered question isn't it yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh uh, you know basically I, i i said before that we came into the studio you know could we get to mars or should we get to Mars? And that's yeah. kind of the same. Like from a, from a, yeah. a scientific exploration point of view, I'd probably say, yes, go to Mars. Mm. What could we discover there? That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But then the opposite side of it, people would say, that's a lot of money spent on sending a handful of people to somewhere. What's the point? So let's, let's, let's look at that now. Okay. So from the perspective of if, because if the, the conversation is about if we could get to Mars, how would we do it? So let's just face it. Let, let, let's just start with saying, if, to answer that question, yes, we can get to Mars. So if we can get to Mars, then we come back to your question, Jack. Should we go to Mars? Yeah. Or should we be focusing our attention on... Keeping this planet... Planet Earth. Habitable. Okay. Yeah. So planet Earth is our spaceship. Yes. And there we are in our solar system orbiting our sun, our little star that gives us life. And uh, all of us, each and every one of us on the planet, if you like, are uh, astronauts. Yeah. We're the crew. Yeah, we're the crew. That's a good the way. Human race the crew. the we're human race is the crew. The human race planet. is the crew of spaceship Earth. Yeah. Whether it's a sphere or whether it's flat. We're yeah. <laughs> we still on that. Still, still on, on that one. Just point that one out <laughs> before anybody else. 18 episodes down <laughs> the line. <laughs> uh, but no. We'll okay, never, so, never escape the flat Earth. So we're, the, the humans are the crew of Spaceship Planet Earth. So we need to man our spaceship and look after our spaceship. And technically, it, what would be perfect is if we all work as a team, just as if you are on a spaceship. You all have to work as a team. We, we all have your jobs. Well, we have yeah. trouble doing that at the best of times. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the human race isn't. Uh, very good at cooperating in general yeah. and 
is always arguing and having uh, fights and tantrums, tantrums, yes, <laughs> money um, mm. uh, over money generally, yeah, <laughs> uh, acquiring money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and so um, obviously we've got this situation at the moment, and, and where we are based in the UK, we have really suffered. I think we've suffered this this uh, summer so far. A lot of people have said that the summer has been, oh, what a gorgeous summer. The weather's been no wonderful. Way. No way. <laughs> I'm ginger. No way. <laughs> and funny enough, I'm ginger too. I quite like the sunshine. But yeah. But I'm in the minority. It's been really hard. It's hard at the moment in the UK because we are now in a drought situation yeah. in most of the UK. Very recently, as um, of time of recording. Yeah, as of time of recording. And we have got reservoirs which are basically drying up. Yeah. And we've um, had crisis after crisis yeah. nowadays, pipe, haven't we? Hosepipe bans. Hosepipe bans. Um, so far, unlike in back in 76, which obviously you guys weren't around in 76, but in 76 when we had the prolonged heat, uh, the prolonged summer, mm. That I do remember at that time we had uh, water shortages where we actually had a standpipe in the road and we had to go out and collect our water. Yeah. So on a positive side, even though we've been hitting record temperatures in the UK this year, we haven't actually had that. You know, none of us have had to go and queue up at a standpipe to get water, yeah. which did happen back in 1976. And when you consider that the population of the UK is that much greater now, so mm. the demand of water is that much greater, you know, I think... For, from that perspective, if you look at that, we've done very well. Because yeah. you'd kind of expect it to be, if we had water shortages in 76, you'd have, definitely have water shortages now. Yeah. So I think we've done well. But the, the point is that the heat is extraordinary at the moment. Yeah, this is the hottest summer I think I've ever experienced. <laughs> and we've never... Uh, yeah, we, we, it's just we, getting hotter, we, hotter we just, isn't it? Yeah, mm. and we, we've never had a summer that we don't get rain at some yeah. point, And it's just continuing on, but on the and on. other side as well, we don't tend to get much snow anymore no 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 not at all thick snow um uh, so the reason we're talking about this is because obviously we're talking about global this is why warming. we need to go to Mars. we're talking yeah. about global warming we've ruined we're this talk, planet we're talking about we're talking about our human race's effect on earth and obviously we're going to touch upon this now since you brought it up but that would be a good subject for another podcast, global warming, just mm. literally talking about. But to sum up, because we've obviously the human race, as we've expanded and we've um, using fossil fuels and dumping loads of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere and the temperature of the planet increasing, mm-hmm. um, this is a big problem. Yes. And you could say, why, why are we... Why There's no sign we, of it stopping. No, why would we be focusing on therefore going to Mars and not fixing, trying to fix the problem here, if it's fixable? Right. Precisely. You know, because... Um, going back to, again, as you said, working as a team. <laughs> working as a team. But, I mean, I don't know at this point. I'm going to speculate. At this moment, I don't even know if it is fixable because uh, most of the scientific studies that I've been reading recently mm. have pointed towards that... We can try and slow it down. Yeah. But the end result is inevitable. The end result is inevitable, mm. uh, especially considering the increased population of the planet is going to grow and grow and grow. Yeah. By 2050... Just increased gonna, consumption of everything. By 2050, yeah. we are going to have some serious issues to deal with. But setting that aside, <laughs> because you said about should we be focusing on planet Earth, spaceship Earth, and fixing it rather than having fanciful ideas of going to Mars... Well, I think you've got to look at it like uh, a sliding scale or a, or, or a set of scales, you know, that tips one way, tips the other. Mm-hmm. Yes, we should be trying to fix planet Earth. And uh, when it comes to space exploration, in the past it's always been, what, who's, who's always gone, to, gone into space? Astronauts. Yeah, Human. astronauts, cosmonauts. But what I mean is, who's back? Rich. 
No. Government. Governments, exactly. So, you know, the, the Apollo programs and, and everything else, they've all been backed by government funding. Mm. But now, of course, we're in a situation where we have commercial companies. Yeah, commercial space travel. Exactly. This now, leads me on to one of my other questions. Okay. <laughs> so we'll, let's see if we can do your first one first. So this kind of has, has changed the whole concept of space exploration because before an organisation such as NASA would have to go to the government and ask for government funding in order to Launch do something yeah. and yeah. be able to justify the scientific expense, benefits. Yeah. And, yeah. and there have been a lot of scientific benefits literally from going into space and going to Mars and the things they'd be able to design and then those things that are discovered down the line work their way into everyday life. You know, the technology works its way into your mobile phones, into your computers and all these Yes, because there's more information, like more... Um, technology in a phone than there was on the first rockets. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When the, you know, the first moon landings, I think we just might have touched upon that before. Less computer power than we have in just a simple mobile phone. No, that's crazy to think it's about. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So, um, but you, the, the thing is, you now have commercial companies like SpaceX, and Blue Origin, and Virgin um, Galactic. Galactic. And their initial thing is obviously, um, well, we've got, uh, is it, which one, is it SpaceX that are taking the astronauts to the space station? Possibly. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's SpaceX, Elon Musk's, the, the, the company which are now shuttling people to the International Space Station and back. Uh, Blue Origin, Jeff Bezos, he's sending people up into space mainly for, at the moment, Space tourism, money. Money for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true, but it's for every single time. They, I mean, you consider when they put William Shatner in space, or whoever they put in space, or just on the edge of the of space. You know, you've, we, again, we touched on it briefly, where where the um, actual uh, rockets reland themselves. Yeah, oh, technology is so oh, yeah, absolutely blown away yeah, when you, I saw you, that on TV. You, you couldn't have imagined that. I yeah. thought it was. I yeah. Thought it was a movie. I yeah. thought it was a CGI. That, that, that's where you would think you're watching some kind of yeah. CGI, but it's actually real. It does mm. that. So that technology by these commercial companies, even though they're looking at kind of, yeah, you know, Virgin Galactic as well, they're looking at making money from space tourism. It pushes the technology forward rapidly, and of course, because they're not government funded, they're kind of pretty much allowed to therefore do what they, do want. What they want. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you say about fixing the planet, Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin. I understand that their um, prime directive is exactly that, fix the planet, to take, as you mentioned, Zach, a bit earlier, mm-hmm. all heavy industry off, off world. world. Yes. And literally just people live on planet Earth. Preserve it. Pervert, preserve it into the paradise it should be, and absolutely zero manufacturing occurs. So we're not using any resources. And, mm. yeah. Stop using Earth's resources. Because re- resources are finite. Yeah. That's the thing I was listening to Elon Musk on a podcast, and he was saying that there is only a certain amount of fuel left on this planet to yes. get anywhere else. And once, we just keep using more and more and more. Once that fuel's gone, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Unless uh, we find another way of... Propulsion. That's a very worrying thing to actually think about. That actually does come into uh, the conversation when we get as far as saying we've now gotten, you know, landed on Mars... Uh, and the resources there are finite as well. Yeah. So we'll talk about that a bit later. But yeah, so you've got Blue Origin, get off planet, all heavy industry off planet, and then we can fix the planet. So therefore, if you say, okay, we're not going to wor- worry about going into space, we're not going to worry about that, we're going to try and fix the planet. Well, actually, that's part of the solution. Yeah. What are you going to fix it with when you run out? <laughs> because you have got the finite resources. You have got a multiplying world population that I think is going to hit about, I think it's about 10 billion or something by 
2050, um, which is... We mentioned about planet Earth being our spaceship and we, the humans being the crew, mm. but you can't have, like on the space station at the moment, I don't know what the crew capacity is on the space station, but I'm sure you wouldn't be able to put 200 people in the space station. No, let them breed. <laughs> you know, you just, you just wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, because there wouldn't be space, there wouldn't be resources, there wouldn't have enough oxygen, there wouldn't have enough food, there wouldn't have enough uh, water. water. Those basic things wouldn't happen. Unfortunately, that's what's happening to, to planet Earth at the moment. The population is exponentially increasing. Mm. So there is a term called the carrying capacity of the planet. Mm. And by 2050, we're going to hit that carrying capacity. Now, there's lots of different calculations on carrying capacity of the planet. About 10 billion people using the resources, the finite resources that we have on the planet, mm -hmm. is about sustainable. Yeah. Because I don't really want to diverse. Or, <laughs> this, is, this is all part of the conversation about Mars, but I don't want to go too far off, off track on this one. Um, but if you think of somebody like ourselves in the UK, if you want water, you go and turn the tap on. Yeah. Uh, it's cold in the winter, you put your heating on. It's going to cost you a lot more these days, but there you go, topical. If you're in America, you can you, 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 if you're an average person in America, you would expect an average kind of consumption of things around you. But if you live in the third world where you don't, you long to have the same kind of level of lifestyle yeah. as somebody in the West. But so where, when you've got an expanding population and people should say, well, you know, these, everybody should have the right to a level of existence on the planet. And if you try to up the level of everyday living, mm. well, if you bring the, the yes, if you bring everybody's uh, level up that, that uh, have got a very low um, standard. standard of living, Equally, you'd need to kind of balance it out by decreasing the standard of living of those people that can literally have anything, anything they want all of the time. But of course, if you are an average guy, girl living in Western Europe or, or America, and you're suddenly told, well, I'm afraid we've reached a point where you're going to have to be rationed on stuff. Yeah. You know, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. And going back to the carrying capacity, it has been calculated that if you really, really did ration all the things on the planet, water, uh, food, everything, you could maybe push it to a trillion people on the planet, mm. but then everybody would literally be eating the Long, same, yeah. same little bit of rations. Soil of this and green. And yeah, soil and green. It would be that kind of society, and you would end up having, before you even reach that, the breakdown of society. Mm. Uh, We'd go back to being just you know, animals. <laughs> because of the population increasing and with global warming that adds to the fact that people can't you know that the areas where people can live mm. and the areas where people can farm are decreasing you know, people are moving because certain places are becoming uninhabitable and equally people are chopping down forests because other areas are turning into dust bowls and they can't grow any f crops or anything so, yeah. so we've got a big problem there so in that if you're not going to try and hold back the tide on planet earth you've at least got to have a view i'm sure you guys may or may not agree but you mankind has suddenly got to say if this is going to be something that we're heading towards we need to have a vehicle out of here another plan a yeah getaway. yeah a getaway isn't there like a scientific community that actually wants that they want to escape earth to get to mars and 
start their own kind of civilization? Uh, yeah, that's something I can't. Uh, I haven't researched, so I couldn't really. Could it be secret societies? Episode? Yeah, they could be secret societies. Episode. But if you lived on an island, mm. and there was a small tribe living on an island, and it was had uh, a sustainable amount of obviously fish in the ocean around it, uh, protein source to eat on the island, vegetation to eat on the island, space to live, yeah. But the population increases. Proliferation, increases, yeah those resources are going to get pushed to the limit and in nature usually that's when people die off or yes. animals die off when when there's not enough uh, food to go around food or water to go around the population of, of animals die off. die off to allow the resources to, to recoup, themselves. recoup themselves exactly but that doesn't happen with human beings no we kind of keep, keep on going going and keep expanding so and this has just been a big answer. <laughs> but to fix Earth, I kind of feel that actually one answer is as an expanding population on planet Earth, we kind of really need to follow that blue origin need to branch philosophy out. and at least get off planet. If you can take all that heavy industry off planet, that would make a huge difference. Both It'd be global hugely warming, beneficial. And if planet Earth was literally just a paradise where people lived but all your heavy industry was off-planet. And, of course, we have things like the asteroid belt, and the asteroids are heavy in uh, precious metals and resources. And Mars, see, as we're talking about Mars, is exactly the same. There's so much res resources on Mars mm. that anybody that could actually get there, actually be able to inhabit Mars and mine Mars rather than mining on Earth, mm. there's probably, if you're going to look at it from a... Uh, capitalistic kind of commercial way there's billions or trillions of, of dollars and pounds yeah. to make there yeah but the thing is get off earth and who knows you know maybe we can go to the stars hey we might discover maybe that's a the, even better place maybe that's the, or at least good place but that's that may be the the next step in human development. evolution development that we need to get off planet. okay so going back to mars mm -hmm. how long does it take to get to mars ah. Exactly. So, right, we've got our space rocket. Okay. Now, okay, now I'm going to switch from Blue Origin and saving the planet to SpaceX. Uh, with Elon Musk, his focus isn't the same as Blue Origin. His focus is really he wants to get to Mars. He mm. wants to prove that we can get to Mars. He wants to get to Mars. And so uh, I think with uh, Elon Musk, he predicts a crewed mission. So this is a fully crewed mission to Mars in 2029. Wow, that's quite soon. Um, and he said, uh, uh, and I'm quoting from him, Elon Musk said that it would be a meaningful number of people that could reach the red planet in 10 years. So that's A meaningful number. Yeah, that, that's his outlook. And then we'll go back to, your question was... How long does it take okay. to get to Mars? So how far are we from Mars? Well, of course, that changes all the time. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in because, movies, you think it's just straight line. Yeah, easy, yeah, easy yeah. job. So uh, we orbit the sun. Yeah, we do. Mars orbits the sun. Mm -hmm. But Mars could be the opposite side of the sun to yeah, where we are. Yeah, different and, orbital rotations and things. And speed. Yeah. So what you're talking about is the optimal time to go to Mars is when Mars is in its closest proximity to Earth to make the distance between Earth and Mars feasible. Feasible, because what you probably do, I think you, uh, it's about a seven-month trip to get to Mars. Only seven months? 
We say only seven months. So that's quite a long that's time. That's a long time. You need a lot of resources. Yeah, which is, I was thinking years. No, 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 no. Seven months um, with current technology. Right. It could okay. be engine developments that might make it shorter, which would make it a lot easier mm. for humans to get to Mars. I can imagine. But uh, a seven-month trip, you would need to launch while Mars is still furthest away, probably. Okay. So, well, not furthest away, but for, it'll be further away. than. So what you're going to do is you're Intercept. going to end up intercepting you're it. decrease the time. That's clever. Yeah. That's clever. The optimum distance from planet Earth. So let's have a look at this. So the distance from Earth to Mars at its closest point would be 33.9 million miles or 54.6 million kilometers. Wow. That, I, I'm, wow. So you've got a, you've got a, Launch a little rocket and head off for seven months to Jeez. Mars, which brings up an awful lot of other questions. Which so I'm not going to preempt with <laughs> the questions. I'll let you ask questions. Okay, so we've set off from Earth. Yep. We've established it's a seven-month journey to get to Mars. Mm -hmm. Once we've la landed on Mars, is it safe to inhabit Mars? Mm -hmm. And if so, or if not, what challenges would we, as a civilization what face. challenges would we face okay to then I'm, safely live I'm on another i'm going to briefly say we're going to need to come back to actually the journey okay because there's a lot of you talk about hazards there's a lot of hazards with the journey and how to accomplish the journey but let's let's jump forward to being on mars are there any hazards what what things would we face as humans being on mars well for my research it is an incredibly hostile hostile environment okay ah. so <laughs> What, what are the humans' three basic needs, lads? Uh, water, mm -hmm. food, mm -hmm. oxygen. Well, yes, we don't think about that on planet Earth, but uh, <laughs> it would be okay. We would add oxygen in. Okay, <laughs> but shelter, shelter. Yeah. So on planet Earth, you'd basically say water, food, shelter. Yes. Obviously, on Mars, oxygen's yeah. going to come into yeah. it. No okay. trees. No trees, but. Uh, Humans can't live very long without water. You can live a lot longer without food, yeah. But you cannot, and you're not going to last after any time without oxygen. I think it's only two. Is it two weeks without water? I think is the maximum. No, I think it's human, less than that. No, I think it's two weeks for food. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a few and days. And water, it's like a couple of food. I think it's a couple of days. Days, isn't it? Yeah, four it's... days if you don't have any fluids at all. Before you start getting delirious, and then, uh, and then die. Uh, yeah, yeah, everybody's going to be kind of variably different, but unless you're in here and you sweat. Oxygen, <laughs> you'll probably be dead within sixty seconds if you didn't have oxygen. Okay. So that's yeah. just suffocation. Yeah, it? suffocation. <laughs> um, so the kind of hazards you're going to get on there. Uh, firstly, can you breathe oxygen? Well, uh, the atmosphere on Mars is about 0.2 to one percent oxygen in the atmosphere. So if we say 1% oxygen, 99% of the atmosphere is carbon dioxide. Oh. So you're not going to breathe. The trees might, hang on, trees might do well. Yeah. The problem, <laughs> is, problem is, that would be another question in, in this, within this question. How would we survive on the planet? What challenges would we face? Of course, we've got to grow food. And so you'd think food would produce oxygen. You're quite mm. right. But for you can't literally just grow plants on the fly over the top and drop, some, drop some seeds and water. You, you can't do that because of the uh, basically the cosmic radiation, the sun's radiation that hits Mars because oh, it's got such okay. a thin atmosphere would just destroy anything. So would if theoretically and it would could... also affect human beings mm. badly as well. So you need if you're going to land on Mars and you've 
part of the journey, talking about the journey, you've got to obviously take enough food and water and oxygen to get there. We'll come back to that. But if you actually manage to get there, you need to have a water supply on Mars. You need to have oxygen on Mars, which it really hasn't got any, particularly not enough to sustain people in as it is. And you need shelter. Let's maybe deal with that. That's why I asked you about the, the three things you need water, food, shelter. So if we deal with those, so you've got this really hostile environment that actually you can't survive in. So you need to make it survival. Yeah. So um, perhaps, probably, it's kind of a bit reverse. So maybe we should be thinking about you need to get there and you need to have some shelter first mm. in order to protect yourself from the environment, from the radiation and from the fact that there's lack of oxygen and from the, the you know, you need to be protected. Um, so how is that going to happen? Well, I think that the, probably the most logical way for humans to get around that problem is you're not going to take your habitation with you. Right. You're going to send your habitation way in advance. Okay. So it's all there when you're in. When it you, could when be you years in advance. Okay. So uh, if you could... And, and another thing, okay, we've got to talk about is, uh, is the uh, cost of course, because that's where it would never happen if a government was financing it. But because you've got um, individual individual companies doing that, yeah. then... Uh, there are limits. They have less limits, don't they? They can just sort of fund it themselves. They can fund it themselves. So, you know, that, that, that's going to that's gonna help to push that space exploration forwards. Okay, so if you are going to Mars and you've got to take stuff with you or, or not even take stuff through send it in advance as i just said you've got to send stuff in advance at the present moment uh, uh well going back a few years up to the present moment when the, we had the space shuttles were in operation okay uh to launch a payload of uh, 20 i've got the, these are the, the figures that i've researched to launch a payload of 27 uh 27 and a half thousand kilograms would cost 1.5 billion back then uh, that works out at a fifty four and a half thousand dollars per kilogram wow yeah you just want to send a kilogram That's of anything insane. into space okay. well, I think the, um, I was watching now, the... But, but I'm just going to jump in sorry Jack but for SpaceX Falcon 9 the rockets that they use to access the International Space Station the cost is around two thousand seven hundred and twenty pounds dollars should I say per kilo so when you're talking back in the time of the, the space shuttles it was fifty four and a half thousand dollars now it's down to two thousand seven hundred and twenty dollars so they've managed to bring the cost down hmm. so just from the commercial perspective it's going to cost to send stuff but you're going to have to send stuff in advance aren't you yeah you, know, you can't just literally load up one spaceship with everything hmm. you need hmm. not only that the spaceship that the astronauts go on has got to have enough supplies for that seven-month trip. Mm. So you don't really want to also have supplies on it for while you're there. Yes. You only want to take the most minimum supplies to get you there, knowing that what you need is already there. So I think looking maybe a bit sci-fi is that you've got to send landing craft to Mars that can prepare habitation which might be some kind could of... Could be like drones or something? It could be drones. It could be kind of, you know, uh, mm. domes which unfold themselves. Yeah. 
uh, I've looked at one project which is looking into actually having a machine that lands much like the rover and three and using the Martian soil I'm not quite sure how it works but it's meant to then 3d print habitation oh wow that's 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 3d print habitational domes. innovative yeah. I'm also um seeing the underground oh yes now that would so maybe a machine that could tunnel tunnel underground make some well, <laughs> space I, under there i don't think you'd need to one of the things with perseverance if you remember what did it also do for the first time never been done on mars before fly fly it didn't personally fly but a part of it did the drone did yes which the name of the drone escapes me but anyway the drone flew and they had to they really didn't even know if that would work and it did which means that for Mars exploration in the future, you could literally land a craft and send off far more complicated drones in all direct. Because normally the like Perseverance takes ages. You know, you, it's got to have its instructions sent to it. It downloads those instructions. It completes those instructions, and if ever, and then it transmits back. To, and they wait to find out if it's actually managed to do it or not. Yeah. Um, with your drones, and it's also going at a very slow speed. Very, mm. very crawling space speed. So if you've got drones that can fly and they're solar powered and they can recharge, they can be zipping off all over the place and they can f- literally fly into caverns, caves, yeah. things to like that. To explore places we've never seen never before. Never seen before. And so if you could get a ready-made cavern that you can seal the entrance up on, it's already a ready-made... Shelter. Shelter of sorts, you know? Yeah. Which would be another option. Don't know whether that would be an option uh, exactly, but yeah, so you've got underground, possibly they're using what's already there, and then you've got shelters which would open up, uh, put themselves together, and also, hopefully, I would have thought that advances in technology would allow those domes or the habit, whatever the habitation is, to also be able to start growing food. Yeah, that, I was, that was bringing me onto a question about Growing that. food which would produce oxygen, growing food which would need water, obviously. Mm. Um, to answer one question, is there water on Mars? You've asked about oxygen, water, there is. There's frozen ice caps, ice caps at both sides. There is other water supply, but from what I gathered from my research is the water is incredibly salty. If you could mm. think of Earth's Ocean. oceans, it's like mega salty compared to our oceans oh dear. so completely undrinkable i'm not sure about the polar ice caps though but this is part of the missions that are happening at the moment to see if they can discover i have seen one water about terraforming mars which mm-hmm. would be which would involve uh basically a giant mirror and they would reflect the, the sunlight onto mars mm-hmm. at a higher volume to then melt the ice caps to then mean that the water well it's an interesting idea that is like, i mean so, as I said, there's, there's tons of water at the polar ice caps, according to the scientists. The northern ice cap alone is around 621 miles across. Um, also, there are dust-covered glaciers that wrap around the planet. Um, so there's a huge amount of ice. Okay, so it's estimated that uh, all that adds up to the equivalent of the whole of Mars, if it was melted, that was, or the whole of Mars being covered by one metre of ice. But it's all obviously in different places. So there is water on Mars, and that could be processed to make it drinkable. Okay, so there is, is a supply of water. Hmm. And water is basically H2O, so that's uh, 
hydrogen and two parts oxygen. Mm -hmm. So if you can split that down, you've got hydrogen, which you can use for fuel, and you've got oxygen you can breathe. Now, I don't know the composition of the... It, would you call it soil? Or is it more... Yeah, the soil. Or Mars, okay. yeah. Is it possible to grow anything in that if it was like enclosed within like a an Earth-like Earth environment? Do you know, I, I, I'm guessing not... I'm guessing okay. not. Somebody might be able to put me right on that. And the reason why I'm guessing not is I'm assuming that it's bombarded with so much cosmic it's and radiation it that it wouldn't be... Nothing would ever get above the surface. It would so, just be able to be used. But that's why I think that if you're going to go to Mars hmm. and you're going to grow food, you need to use hydroponics. Okay. Okay. Is that taking like soil from Earth to Mars? Well, hydroponics is basically growing all you, all you need to grow a plant. And I've actually seen people where they've in, like in India and places like that, they've got old rubber mattresses and rubber cushions from, from settees that people have thrown away. And they've take, just literally taken that foam rubber and put seeds in it. Mm -hmm. And then they add water to the foam rubber and the, the seeds grow in the foam rubber. Because right. a plant only needs to have a medium to grow in. What it really needs is nutrient-rich water. Okay. So whereas a normal plant would take nutrients from the soil, you can grow a plant pretty much in anything. So sand. Is that any plant? Yeah, you should be able to. That's what hydroponics is about. So, you know, uh, if we were to grow food on Mars, it would most likely be done by hydroponics. Initially, uh, using artificial light of, because of the radiation would be too much from, from the sun okay um so it need a protective influence of a thick you know because it hasn't got a protective influence of a thick atmosphere so it would need to be in enclosed, enclosed into like a uh, you know, into an habitation, habitation and to protect yeah. it from the radiation from the sun otherwise the radiation would mutate and damage the crops if grown on the surface mm. if you try to do that precisely yeah. and hydroponics is to put it simply hydroponics is a way to skip soil okay that's right. good. Uh, so what you do is you sub in a different ma uh, material to support the roots. That's why I was saying about the foam rubber. Right, yeah. so you're saying it's like, so that's needs another a, growth medium. Yeah, a medium for it to grow in mm. to support the plant. Um, so once you've got that, your growth of crops is directly fed by nutrient-rich water. Okay. You see, now there's uh, multiple approaches of designs of hydroponic systems that we, we're working on, I believe, at the moment, and there are hydroponic farms on Earth. Uh, but the core element is essentially the same. You just need a medium for the plant to grow in. Mm. Right? But the, what's most important is that the nutrients that it would have been getting naturally from soil on Earth, mm. that's in the water. That's what needs to be fed to okay, it. What's so, the temperature on Mars? Oh, that is a good question. As opposed to Earth. Because I'm thinking with water, obviously we drink water to a certain uh, temperature. We don't want to drink boiling water. Yeah, because we want to like, would sustain water, ourselves. If we had a bottle of water, for example, on Mars, would it just begin to boil and it wouldn't be drinkable? Right. And if so, how do we keep water from evaporating in, back into the atmosphere? <laughs> I think the answer is kind of the same. It would have to be in kind of like enclosed in like an Earth-like atmosphere. Not, that's not livable, and then I don't think. We might as well just make that on Earth. Right, so uh, it fluctuates. Okay. Okay. Right. So Much the temperature like Earth, of Mars then. fluctuates on Earth, but Mars doesn't have an atmosphere like Earth does. Mm. We've got a protective atmosphere with its ozone uh, layer, and we also have a magnetic field which protects the Earth from solar radiation. Yep. The best part, which Mars, I believe, doesn't have a have it. I think it's kind of dead. Ooh. Yeah. I don't okay. think it has 
that protection anymore. It's long gone. So talking about the temperature, so the temperature on Mars, on an average Mars day, the planet is about minus 60 degrees centigrade. Ouch. So a lot of people would assume that Mars is hotter, probably because of its red colouring. Mm. But, but it is in fact, dust, yeah. yeah, it is in fact colder yeah. than Earth because it's obviously it, further away from the sun. During the Mars winter temperatures uh, at the poles can get down, it's estimated down to around at minus 125 degrees centigrade. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be able to survive <laughs> on that. Um, yeah. So obviously the planet is colder than Earth. We've established that. What's stopping our water supply on Mars once we've established that we have a, an ocean or a water supply? What's stopping that from just freezing over and being well it, it is useless. frozen at the moment isn't it yeah it's, it's completely frozen but we, it's we're looking to so you've got to go live there. on mars yeah, yeah. so you're going to have to get there you're going to have to tap into that water supply and you're going to have to continually melt that water supply okay. and then you're going to have to filter re- it refine that water to make sure that it's not salty drinkable and maybe to use it for oxygen to produce oxygen so we wouldn't get like Clouds, for example, on Mars, because that's something that's unique to Earth. That was almost my question. That was almost my question. My question was, does Mars have weather? It certainly has dust storms. Mm. Because that's all I know, that it has dust storms. I just think as soon as you get a cloud and it rains, you get a pool of water and that evaporates, goes back up. It's it's the cycle, isn't it? You've got a constant kind of water supply there, but it's just how we get from what it is now with just dust storms and presumably nothing. Well, to having its own sort of ecosystem. Uh, there are more planets in our solar system than Mars. Yeah. And uh, take Venus, for example. That has, that's a huge clouded uh, atmosphere. Hmm. But the clouds are made up of sulfuric acid. Yeah. <laughs> so you can have clouds. Um, and looking at data on Mars, it says that clouds can be very high up. Up as, uh, as high as 100 kilometres above the planet. Um, the first images of Mars sent by Mariner 4 showed visible clouds in Mars's upper atmosphere. The clouds are very faint and can only be seen reflecting sunlight against the darkness of the night sky. Mm. Um, so I suppose the question would be, what are those clouds made of? Okay, so Is it useful uh, to us? <laughs> we mm. live can we utilise it? But So looking into what the, the composition of the clouds are, it would seem that uh, clouds appear to be composed of carbon dioxide ice. So because okay. of the temperature, because of the, as I said, it's like 1% oxygen, 99% carbon dioxide. Yeah. Up in the hot upper atmosphere well, that Mars has, at those temperatures, you're going to get carbon dioxide crystals, which mm, will right. create clouds so of carbon dioxide. This may be a silly question, mm-hmm. but if there are clouds, yep. does that mean it rains? I wouldn't have thought so. Maybe somebody can answer that. I, I, I wouldn't say... I mean, because you're saying clouds, and I think of clouds, and I think of rain. But then if you're saying yeah, it's carbon dioxide... Then but we'd find pools of water all over Mars yeah, yeah, if there was... If it there wouldn't was be carbon dioxide... Impressive rainfall. Once carbon dioxide unfreezes, mm. it would just become a gaseous state again. Okay. Yeah, so what with... But would it with, work differently with, on... With water... The fact that it's a different kind of water, you obviously have the cycle on Earth where water evaporates into a gas, condenses into a cloud. That cloud becomes so heavy because it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. With, mm. And the water goes from gas back to a liquid and then comes back down to the surface of the Which planet as a liquid. precisely what we need right now. <laughs> Which is what we really do need right now. Um, uh, whereas with the carbon dioxide, it must be that it's the, the clouds are so 
thin, wispy at the altitude yeah. that if they dissipate, there'd be nothing left. They would to... just dissipate into yeah. uh, 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 gas, a carbon dioxide gas again. Hmm. Be interesting I mean, to know more about this. They're all they're all also winds. Mm. Those winds are going to be carbon dioxide winds on, yeah. on, on Mars, and they do kick up dust storms. Yeah, we've seen mm. those on on the rover pictures and video. Watch you know. The Martian by Ridley Scott. That's, that's, got that's, re- that's research. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, I do, I do remember watching that movie. It was it was a fun movie. There's a director's cut that we haven't seen. Is there? I yeah. put it on 4K. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether or not you could actually. Uh, I mean, I'm like with a lot of movies, they do look at their research yeah. uh, and try and base things on scientific principles. Yeah, dramatic they, license, but there. they stick a lot of dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> so, but coming back onto the uh, water and using it as. Oxygen, or how we can have oxygen, because obviously we've, we we need our water supply, mm-hmm. and we need our hydroponic food supply, yeah, and we need our oxygen. Interesting thing is NASA's Perseverance rover has successfully generated breathable oxygen on Mars. That was one of the experiments that it oh wow did. Um, the demonstration was carried out by the rover's Moxie is what it's called a Moxie instrument on April the twentieth. And uh, it could lay the groundwork to help in future astronauts establish a sustainable colony on the planet. I've got some more information on the MOXIE. Okay. What, uh, so what's MOXIE and how does it work? It's short for Mars Oxygen In-Situ Resource Utilization Experiment. <laughs> I know how much you love these kind of <laughs> <It's very laughs> acronyms. Catchy, acronyms, yeah. <laughs> so just to say again, it's the Mars Oxygen In-Situ Resource Use- Utilization Experiment. And it's a toaster-sized device, like talkie toaster. <laughs> That's what you thought of straight away. Yeah, yeah. Talkie yeah. toaster. That's what it's spelled. <laughs> Would it's you nice. like some toast? I know. Uh, so uh, it's a toaster-sized device that can convert carbon dioxide into oxygen through a process called solid oxide electrolysis. Martian air is drawn into the device through a filter, and a mechanical pump compresses it down to an Earth-like setting. And that's then forwarding carbon dioxide into the electrolysis system. The carbon dioxide is heated to around 800 degrees centigrade, that is. Moxie itself can withstand this temperature thanks to its heat-resistant nickel alloy parts and a lightweight uh, aerogel that traps heat inside. That's one big toaster. (laughs) Gas separates into oxygen and carbon monoxide. And Moxie isolates the oxygen to a different chamber where the oxygen ions recombine. The carbon monoxide is then released and we're left with pure oxygen. So if we established a dome, mm-hmm. perhaps the size of a small town mm-hmm. on yep. Mars, and we had those Moxie on a larger scale, yep. would we then be able to create a breathable kind of area? Well, I'm assuming not necessarily the whole planet, I mean, but just yeah, an area. I, mean, I don't think we're quite jumping on. to uh, uh, Whalen Utani atmosphere processing plants. So I'm assuming that if missions are sent to Mars in advance of the actual human astronauts, in order to set up habitation, and they're all automated, mm. and they've got the habitation sorted, which of course we need the shielding against the radiation for humans to survive on mm. the surface. And they set up the hydroponics there, so there's food growing, mm. and the moxies are pumping in carbon dioxide and converting it to oxygen. And if it's possible also to tap into a water supply and do that all automated, 
to get all this lovely paradise living sorted out for your arrival. Mm. Um, then the amount of plants that you're going to have to grow to sustain your crew, depending on the amount of crew, uh, they're going to be producing oxygen as well, aren't they? Yeah. So whether I would assume you'd have to have an awful lot of plant growth to produce enough oxygen to even supply one human being. Well, is it to like get to that point? Yeah, so... <laughs> Relying on the moxie to get to that point. So, I mean, I know Elon Musk was saying he would see a mission by 2029. It's obviously 2022. I haven't heard anything about any pre-missions, taking anything there, because you're taking your habitation, you're taking possibly automated uh, hydroponic gardens to grow food, to produce oxygen, you have moxie to produce oxygen, you need your water, and it would also to dump... Uh, already pre-fabricated uh, uh, rations, I would assume, on there That's as well. That's another question. I mean, because to my the mind. thing is, if you if you're relying on your hydroponics, and something goes wrong with that, you need a backup supply of food. Yes. So you're going to have to have your MREs, your your astronauts uh, ready to eat meals, are going to have to be there mm-hmm. for for you when you arrive. Because you're only going to take what you need to get you there. Anything else? Anything more on your spaceship that's going to get you to Mars? Anything more than you need, so more oxygen, more water, more food, is just extra weight for mm. no good reason. So they, they're going to basically be calculating it to the... They've probably got a sort of margin, don't you think? Yeah. You know, so if something went wrong, you can you got a bit of a backup, okay. but you yeah. don't want to take excess. So my question is, mm-hmm. okay, we've talked about, obviously, growing plants. Mm-hmm. We've talked about oxygen and Mm -hmm. water Mm -hmm. obviously as humans we need other food protein protein yeah how would that work you obviously mentioned rations that we'd send there but again that would be finite again surely we'd need some kind of sustainable farming solution with like animals well you can get protein. Can you get protein from I, I would have thought that they would be looking along the lines of... Um, I don't. I can't see them looking at any time soon yeah. livestock. This is very far-flung. I think far, you would have to... Far-flung. I, well, I have a question about the okay. far-flung. Okay, I think, I think you'd have to look at getting your protein from plant-based things. Or, this is the other thing, or plants have... Need, usually need bees in order to pollinate them. So you're going to have to have a plant pollination system. So perhaps you could, it would be easier to be able to get your protein from, say, protein-based plants and maybe insects. I don't know if that's okay. a thing. If you could, you could, you could perhaps, uh, I know that some companies are already looking like into... protein block or something. Well, I know there are companies already that are looking into... I mean, I've eaten uh, mealworms, crickets and things. I know you have as well. Yeah, uh, it's a locust. Yeah, locust, yeah. <laughs> In fact, um, as human beings, you know, uh, we could get protein from insects, you know, equally as well as we could from you know, having uh, our normal meat sources. And they're very easy to... Uh, have you know to, to have farms that are farming insect protein mm. i think at the moment though the, what they're doing is they're doing dog and cat food protein as a start before they allow okay. it to be fed to humans but i know you can okay. buy insects to eat mm. whether that's a solution to it i don't know another question that's brought up yep and we haven't mentioned it yet so along with this protein 
question I had. Was more of a bit of information, really. I've heard somewhere that people have been growing meat. Oh, yes, artificial meat. Would that be a solution? Um, Just throwing it out there. It may well be. I mean, if you had an automated... Like it's in its infancy, yeah, though. I think that was in its... I mean, I think, didn't they work out that by growing a, enough meat to have a beef uh, a burger, would cost the burger would be like £5,000 or something for a burger. Right, OK. So, I don't Depends know. Depends what budget but, you've got, I, 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 I was just I, I, thinking I, about solutions. No, no, I know, and I know companies are also looking into... Um, I think there's a company in Iceland which are looking into growing a very sustainable and easy-to-grow... Um, uh, Oh, what's the? It's not a bacteria. It's 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 like a bacteria within water. It's like a plankton. Yeah, not plankton is a is a is a creature in its own right. But um, we're talking about sort of like a microbes. Yeah, so it, it's good like a, like a sludge. Okay, <laughs> like a sludge, and they're turning that sludge, which is high in protein, into giving it different like flavours, like and, a protein yeah, so, mush. <laughs> <laughs> Very much like soil and green, yeah. but not made out of humans. I do, I do Ooh, have spoiler a spoiler there. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a solution to mm-hmm. the to that problem. Yep. Okay. We send all the vegans to Mars <laughs> okay. first because they don't need meat. Okay. They can get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to get some some, some mean <laughs> vegan comments on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, let's try and skip the vegans for the moment. But I think a vegan-based type of diet with sort of added probably, protein blocks or whatever mm. you want to call would be a thing. I mean, let's face it: human beings require sustenance, and I would say that they they would therefore have to style the diet for the astronauts, as they probably do already. Yeah. In, On in what the they can feasibly space. provide. Yeah. Is it possible? This is we're going to have a bit of. This is just purely kind of drifting into science fiction now. But okay. would it be possible that if we developed an artificial intelligence yep. that didn't need sustenance, food, water, mm-hmm. that we could send that to go and do the majority of the work? Well, I think that's kind that's of what we said about using. Well, I said earlier about automated mm. stuff. But in, ter- in terms of making it livable, so that we can literally arrive on the driveway, go into our little Mars huts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have it all done. That, that, be, that, that, would, that would be ideal. Yeah. To be able to have something that arrives early, builds everything. Builds everything. All, everything's automated and it's ready for you when you land. Mm. But obviously, we're developing uh, science and robots and robotics and yeah. things like that I've just alongside up. all this. I've come up with a fantastic sci fi story. But I'll keep it oh, right, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, to all, there was one other aspect that we haven't mentioned about going to Mars um, so I'll bring it up since we have kind of kind of now we've, we've built our domes or we've we're in a yeah. cave in, the, in terms of the timeline we're you know, we've got our moxie oxygen generators yeah we've got our hydroponics mm-hmm. uh, enough food to feed ourselves got enough oxygen we've tapped the uh, uh, the ice caps. Ice caps We've developed suits to keep out the radiation. Exactly. The the buildings themselves keep out the radiation. And we're mining Mars, mm-hmm. okay, for its resources so we don't have to mine Earth anymore. Yeah. You know, There's so. a few, what, thou- thousand people, would you say, at that point? Or hundreds? Yeah, well, you, if you get it, right, we're going into the far distant future. Well, I'll just yeah, say yeah. where we're at. If, 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 we're if, you, if, you've, if you've got a mining facility, you're going to need few thousand yep. people on you. yeah you're gonna cool. have things going backwards and forwards i mean if it, i mean it, by it, that point we've probably would have had people born on mars yeah this is we're going to get get to well, that i have one. a big i have a question that yeah. we can have so so <laughs> you're, you're going to get 
you're going to be aiming for that kind of society where you are mining Mars and also the asteroid belt and bringing stuff back to the planet Earth in order for the resources to be completely don't use any resources on earth anymore just mm -hmm. use resources from from Everywhere outer space else. so and the, and the atmosphere cleans up and there's no um, need to use uh, fossil fuels anymore things like that so that's great but in the early days so we've just sent our automated ai to mars and how built, how, how nine thousand <laughs> yeah built all our stuff for us we've landed there that's great how do we get back yeah, this is the thing, you see, what I talked about <laughs> only taking enough oxygen, enough food yeah, and that's, water to that's get a there. Good point. Which in itself is a hell of a risk. <laughs> yeah. But you're not going to think how much it would cost yeah. to send a rocket or a spaceship of some sort, even if it was launched, say, from the uh, lunar orbit rather than off Earth. But you've got to get there. Mm. Are you going to carry the amount of fuel with you to get you back? Well, you're not, because that would be, a, again, a ridiculous You'd have to thing. kind of generate well, that if, there. If you've seen the most recent yeah. Pixar film, Lightyear, yeah. they have a similar problem where they crash. Oh, yeah, they've got... And a, then they have to kind of... Like a try crystal and, thing. Yeah, oh, to try and build up again. Yeah. To get I haven't to seen a, this. I haven't seen so this. To get to a point where they can, again, launch yeah. from where they, are. where they are. So that is a good, a, kind of a, a good example mm. of what, what I'm talking about. So as well as that automated AI system making sure you've got your habitation, your oxygen, your water, and your food, it also really needs to be able to have uh, a... Deliver, a delivery a, service. A, 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 a rocket or a, a skate pod or whatever it is to come off Mars that needs to be refueled. So you're going to have to also have a fuel refinery there. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's going to be able to create... Obviously, you've got to find that. And... Well, you, you can create fuel from, from water. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, so... It can be done. Steampunk. And Steam you, want that, you want that to be chugging away in all the time. If, if, now this is the if, if you expect the people that are going to Mars to come back. To come back. There is a program, I believe, where people have volunteered to go to Mars, to be the first people to go to Mars, and they know they're not coming back. Right. Yeah, they've just said, right, whatever happens, I'm going to Mars, I'm well, never going to come just back. Just brought up another thing. And there are some scientists that have said they're prepared to do that. Yeah, I think they have to... Uh, uh, they, they have to be um, uh, what's the word I'm, evaluated yeah kind of evaluated I think, yeah, definitely like they, they, they are they've got their family ties they've got all, all the psychological things because <laughs> you've got the psych psychological side of it as well so yeah. if you're a person who who isn't married who maybe you haven't got any family around anymore or whatever reason then you'd probably be an ideal candidate it was yeah. also as well if your whole life has been centred around getting to Mars then you're kind of that is your destiny to go to Mars. Then I guess that's. I guess so, but you still. I'm just need, using that as an example. You still need that psychoanalysis because what you don't want to do is send a mission to Mars with its astronauts, ladies and gents, to find that one of them who spent all their life dreaming of going to Mars, that suddenly has a breakdown crisis halfway there because mm. they realise suddenly the enormity of they're never coming back. Yeah. They snap and then go around. And murdering everyone <laughs> yeah that would be extreme but you know causing issues which you don't you don't want that you want everything yeah. to run smoothly you kind so, of yeah. yes then because you again it's that it would be one team it would be the one team you'd want them to all fit together almost yeah, they, and, they've all got to gel yes together uh, interesting thing you say about if people do, I mean, people could die on a trip yeah seven months trip out there you don't know if somebody could die there was a 
thing that I uh, was watching the other night. Oh yeah, I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. And, uh, and they said, you know, what, nobody, as far as I'm aware, nobody's actually died in space yet. But if they do, have you ever considered what they would do with the body? They have they, to have a solution to this problem. Yeah. So, so the solution that, that they have in, uh, I believe that this is the solution in the International Space Station, is they put the body in a bag, they put the bag in an airlock, and then they expose it to the temperatures of space which freezes it to ridiculously low temperature and then they've got an arm that agitates the bag shakes it so it all breaks up into powder and then it all gets packed up into just a little packet apparently they could be something that could be mailed through a letterbox because they they're not allowed by international law to jettison bodies into space because it's classified as uh, um Rubbish. It's, yeah, it's yeah. littering. Littering. That's what. Um, that's so, another yeah. thing. So you freeze the body and cr- no, you, get it down. To you dust. say how obviously nobody's been jettisoned in space or anything. Yeah, I don't believe. So. I think but ashes have gone up. Ashes have gone up. Yeah, people have put ashes. There's like one point one percent of somebody's ashes uh, on Mars. Um, not Mars. On the moon. Do you yes, remember? From, yes, yes. Somebody yeah. was one of the scientists uh, was sent to moon, and I'm not sure if somebody else is on one of the deep solar probes as well just Maybe keeps on going out there yeah keeps on going anyway so we've got to mars we've got our habitation one thing we haven't considered though is that trip the seven month trip to get there because even in space in the space station as it is human beings bodies their bones degenerate mm. and they have to keep doing uh, resistance exercises to try yes, for ever so many hours yeah. a day isn't it yeah but even doing the same kind of exercise routine they do on planet earth because they're doing it in a weightless environment, when they get back to Earth, they still can't walk immediately. They, yeah. That's why you see them getting lifted out of the capsules and everything, because mm. they've got to adjust to Earth gravity. Climatise, yeah. Climatise. Seven months of that, going to Mars, and then being on Mars in a lower gravity... That's going to mess with you. Could cause a lot of issues, as well as the shielding of the ship has got to prevent the ship from... the, the occupants from being affected by solar radiation and cosmic radiation as well hmm. um yeah you know, i mean you could you could wrap your ship in lead to protect it but that wouldn't be obviously practical because it's just too heavy and yeah it just wouldn't work so they are looking at other things such as i mean you've seen uh, again sci-fi where you have the rotating um ships that they spin yes. and create an artificial gravity. Yeah. And so they are looking to see if that's a solution to it, to create an artificial gravity. So one thing we haven't talked about again, that concerning the journey there, mm. is the seventh month journey, how it would affect the astronauts themselves on that journey, because they're in a weightless environment technically, and mm. when they're at the International Space Station, they have big problems, because um, being in a weightless environment does affect the skeletal system and the mus- muscular system muscle mass yeah, yeah. yeah so space flight is basically the conditions of space flight uh, of space flight are known to cause a loss of bone mineral density in astronauts it would be like atrophy yeah so that means that they're at a higher risk of bone fractures um, that's not good so just, no. you basically just become very delicate <laughs> yeah and it, uh, uh, a recent mathematical model that says that 33% of astronauts will be at risk of osteoporosis during a human mission to Mars hmm. All right. so uh, uh, a resistance exercise device would be needed at a minimum yeah, in isn't a spacecraft which in is space they, anyway they, it's how many hours a day oh, they, they do a lot it's a lot a lot but it still doesn't equal being on the 
planet Earth with its natural gravity. Mm, there's still going to be side effects. Uh, and the lack of gravity can also wreak havoc on the human body given enough time. So astronauts aboard space station, uh, or, or should I say astronauts aboard the International Space Station, have been shown to lose 1% to 1.5% of the mineral density in their weight-bearing bones every month. So you're on a, for a seven-month trip. Yeah. Um, and they also tend to lose muscle mass. Uh, even when exercising in, in the same way as they would right, do Right, okay, so it's still mm. having that negative effect. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they, uh, so you've got to, you've got to create that. And you might be able to create that through artificial gravity if you could spin the ship. Mm. Yeah, so you design a ship that's got one of those kind of habitation. Like kind of like a centrifugal uh, force? Yeah, yeah, so if you could almost. produce an artificial gravity, that might be, might be one way. It's kind of like 2001, they've got that big... But, spinning disc and he's jogging around it. Yeah. Yes, but the prob- it's very much so. But the other problem with being in space is you've got the solar radiation and the cosmic radiation hitting your I ship. Think everything all the time. in space at this point seems to be um, wanting to go yeah. against us. So going depending on where the radiation comes from, it may be made of different particles uh, which have different energies, which would require, say, different means of shielding. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if it's not done right, you're going to get radiation issues with your DNA. Yeah, and that's. Uh, so, for example, radiation from energetic particles ejected from the sun behave very differently than cosmic rays from outside our galaxy. Crikey. Yeah, see, these are all things that have to be taken uh, into consideration if you're going to get a manned crew, seven-month journey yeah. to Mars. So without any mind-blowing sci-fi-level breakthroughs, the only practical way to uh, imitate gravity on a trip to Mars is by spinning the spaceship, as we've already said, and mm. creating a central fu- a central pedal force. Oh, okay. Central pedal force. So- <laughs> uh, for the central pedal approach, uh, the larger the spin radius, um, perhaps the shape of a hoop, the closer it would resemble the feel of gravity on Earth, but it would also be more difficult to launch and may require Therefore, as we said earlier, briefly, it might need to be assembled in space. So if you were going yeah. to do, say, a lunar... Like Star Trek. So if, you're going to, <laughs> if, you're going to put, if they're going to put a lunar base on, on the moon and they're going to maybe do a lunar orbiting space station, then yeah. you'd build the spaceship out there and that's where you'd launch it from because you're not going to get it off the surface of the planet. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. But that still doesn't solve the problem of the radiation shielding. So what they're also looking into is the possibility of using magnetic shielding Okay. Um, uh, to try and save on weight, so to produce a kind of a magnetic field around the ship. Hang on. Are you talking force fields? <laughs> well, if you see, the planet Earth has got its own magnetic shield yeah. that shields it from, from solar and, and cosmic radiation. So if you can produce a magnetic shield around the ship, which is spinning to create artificial gravity, then you're not increasing the weight of the ship, I mean, you're in space anyway, but the, the, the bulk of the ship and, and what's got to go into building that ship is not going to have to be increased. If you can produce the shielding from uh, a, a magnetic shield, wow, okay. combined with your artificial gravity because the ship mm. has got... So rotation. it's kind of like a, an artificial magnetic shield. If you want to put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, you did ask something else, though. So... We'll come to your your previous question. We've now managed to build our spaceship in space. Yes. We've got a spaceship which creates artificial gravity, which helps to protect our astronauts that are travelling to Mars mm. from osteoporosis. It's shielded to stop them their DNA being affected by 
cosmic conservative radiation and they've got their seven month journey to Mars and they've got there. They've landed on Mars. The AI that Jack yeah. suggests has been there with its robots and built everything that's required. I hope, yeah. the, I hope the billionaires listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> give them a few. Yeah, hydroponics are working brilliantly. Yeah, Moxie is Everything is going well. Everything's going well. So you got there. We've nailed, nailed everything. Boom. You nailed there. We've answered all the questions. Um, prolonged, I'm assuming prolonged. Uh, a state, a prolonged stay on Mars. Yeah, you're going to have to keep up that kind of exercise or something because mm. otherwise you're going to have an issue co- coming back to Earth gravity. Yes. But the question you asked was, I'm sure it was you. What was it? I, I can't remember. <laughs> it was about the next generation. Ah, yeah, I brought it was that. Yours. Well, I have a question. Ooh, okay, no, kind so of double question. Go, go for slightly. it. Um, so my question was, so we've as we've said, we've established all of these answers. We've got to Mars. We've established that we can live on Mars to a certain extent. A hundred years time, maybe two hundred years time. Yep. What does Mars look like? Is it a? Do we go to jobs? Do we have vehicles and things, or is it just purely? How long do you reckon it will take? Right. I think to that, become Earth-like. Okay. In terms of our society. Purely my my opinion. We're we're jumping into the realms of perhaps sci-fi here. Yeah, of course, we, because we, we don't kind of think know. about it. Kind of got to answer Zach's question first. If you've got people that are being born on Mars, then they're going to be born into a lower gravi- gravity. And from the kind of um, from the offset. models yeah. that people have, uh, have, have come up with, you know, doing the calculations, that anybody born on Mars would eventually be developing into a much taller creature, mm. with, but not because there's a lower, lower gravity, so they would be taller and thinner but they wouldn't be able to return back to Earth because the gravity here, would, they would just wouldn't be able to stand up. Yeah, So you're going to have that society on the planet. They might be living within the planet. Yeah, You could be using the planet as a shield while they're mining, and that population might never actually return to Earth. So their whole life, their work, their, their relationships, their families are all... They are now the new Martians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's kind of... There'd probably be a, a kind of transition between the people that originally came from Earth, perhaps if the facility is there for them to go back, go back. But for those that stay, procreate, have children, I'm assuming that given time, that's going to generate its own population. Yeah, and, and again, being subjected to such an environment, they would kind of almost evolve differently to how we would. And also, don't forget, we'll also probably be mining not just uh, Mars, but we'll be looking to mine the asteroid belts and things. Mm. Not the asteroid belts, it's asteroid belt. Um, and out there, you've got zero gravity. I mean, you've got huge asteroids, but very low gravity would be like mm. being on the moon. So you're still going to have to have artificial gravity ships. Otherwise, human beings of any sort are going to have big problems with osteoporosis and everything. Mm. So there's things are going to be coming backwards and forwards to plant to, to spaceship Earth, but at the same time, societies and things are going to grow up in their own environments as yeah. the human race kind of expands out. There's biological things that we can't necessarily overcome, like our own physiology. Yeah, I mean, have yeah. to change. Things, things we haven't spoken about. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's the basic human requirements of uh, going to the toilet and things. Yeah, you know? so you've got a seven month trip. You've got to yeah. go out. What there are you going to do with that? With it's going to freeze as soon as it comes. When out. you're on the, I think that was touched upon the Martian, wasn't it? Where they collected all their poop on Mars in bags. Yes, and then he used that's what he fertilizer. used. Yes, 
Um, so yeah, there's that kind of stuff. Yeah, you need a Wii. You got to have a Wii. You know, blah, blah, blah. all these. The, the human body is totally 100% designed for living on planet Earth. So, or, or, <laughs> or were we at one point on Mars? <laughs> all right. So, so that that would be that leap of did we originally come from Mars, crash on Earth? Because we caused the <laughs> caused the decimation of the dinosaurs. Maybe we can address that in another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we've spoke. Touched, <laughs> scratched the surface of that one before haven't we uh, so yeah we may, maybe we should come across these kind of podcasts on those ideas but solely on going to Mars I would like to see it in my lifetime and I never thought I would being that I'm that much older than you guys but from what Elon Musk is saying the possibility is there it's that thing we've mentioned before about how quickly technology is advancing it's almost doubling every mm. 10 years it's just getting it's more, frightening. And more and more we only went to the moon less than 100 years ago, and now we're looking to go to Mars. The next, <laughs> the next one. <laughs> we, we've sent incredible machines exactly. already. Yeah, we've, we've, we've made it to Mars. We haven't sent a person to Mars. I mean, we, even the James Webb Telescope, we're looking now at the edge of the universe. <laughs> As it was just yeah. before the Big Bang. So Absolutely crazy. Yeah. And less than 100 years ago. We invented the car maybe just over 100 yeah. years and, ago. And now we're looking <laughs> at having... Uh, electric cars, yes. AI, Arthur's uh, tangents, uh, you know, uh, hydrogen yeah. cell cars will be the next thing. I hope they do. Robots. I do hope they come out with hydrogen cell cars because uh, with the way that the fuel bills are going up, yeah, how much is it going to cost to charge if I, yeah, maybe charge a car maybe maybe the topic for another podcast. <laughs> One a more philosophical question. Yep. We've destroyed this planet. Hopefully, oh, well, what, to a certain extent, that? we have destroyed. <laughs> yeah, to destroyed a certain it, extent, or we we just posing. we're having this podcast. Because we're looking to colonise Mars, right? As the human race, what we've done to this planet, do we deserve to then go to another planet and potentially destroy that one as well? Right. Well, Mars, untouched as far as we know, no life on Mars, uh, even as small as the tiniest bacteria or, or whatever. But um, it's pretty wrecked. It's a lump of rock, pretty much, isn't it? So, Fair enough. Is it, is we'll go and destroy that as well. It's just a, it's just a big <laughs> asteroid. Not? But surely the, the point is, if you're going to go to Mars, you're going to Mars in order to try and save planet Earth. If you stay on planet Earth and nobody goes anywhere, then you are going to have to deal with something which nobody is talking about at the moment. No politician would dare talk about it because it would be the end of their political career. No party, political party, want to talk about it. But that is okay. the population of the planet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the population just of the planet. Just in case you end this podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. The population of the planet is the big issue because of consumption, consumption, consumption of all the resources. Literally every issue can is be solved with oh population. population. <laughs> so if... <laughs> we start the Now We Know show, political party. Yeah, so if you're going to say... One child law. If, well, that's the thing. <laughs> and it seems extreme, um, but if you're going to have... A, population that is going to continually expand which it is yeah the world isn't getting any bigger the world's not getting bigger they, 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 as we already said right at the beginning the resources are finite so somebody at some point is going to have to start making serious decisions about how we live on the planet because otherwise you're going to have a planet that is literally decimated with a population that is starving and uh, falling apart because... It's a very difficult moral dilemma. Yeah, it's, it, that's, that's it, exactly. You said it. It's a huge moral dilemma that nobody is talking about. I think that was the, even kind think of what about. I was implying with my question anyway, about yeah. whether we should go or not. Yeah, well, that's that, so, kind of that question. So you've got that question. If we go, 
we can take the blue origin philosophy and say we go because it's going to be good for the planet because we can then take all manufacturing off planet maybe we can even grow food hydroponic food and bring it back to the planet who knows well it's a bit extreme but if you're going to if the population of the planet is going to live comfortably and, and have room to live and not pollute the planet and to keep global warming under control and everything else perhaps the answer is to get off planet in order to find resources elsewhere and manufacture or we just don't go off planet and then we've got to deal with the situation here and the situation here completely and utterly boils down to population we could be looking in thousands of years when mars has been colonized and they're looking back at us with their telescopes they could look at a, a world with trillions of humanoid like creatures on it <laughs> looking wow. back and go oh my god what happened to them yeah. are they, they, they going like to treat earth as like a safari they look like us but they don't seem to be I, able I, to I, I'm kind of function like, as a society i don't want to i don't want to bring it down at all but i kind of I don't know if humans. I went to see Brian Blessed on stage, and he he and I've mentioned this in one of the podcasts before, but he did say that we really kind of need to reach out. If there's any other life in the universe, is to to reach out and say, look, we're really just children, and we need help mm. because ultimately that's kind of the stage we are. We get to a point where we've got fantastic technology, but humans and the human psyche is is not really evolved along with it. That's yeah. why we have these idiots that go to war. Yeah, when everybody should actually be helping each other as crew. Yeah, we're all uh, one team. As one team. They're trying to drag us back. So, yeah, and and when you get things like that happening, then it doesn't look good for the human race in general. You know, if you've got a planet that is resources are being gobbled up and people are eating homes and water supplies are getting thinner and all these things are happening, we're a kind of a creature that tends to screw up its environment well there's a thing about how we obviously send out radio waves i wish we weren't but it does seem to happen. look at the oceans covered full of plastic i mean i hate it it's, yeah. it's horrible they've got like entire like i just go down the islands of yeah, crap floating around in the pacific I, I drive down the road and you just drive down any pretty much any road in the uk look out the window of the car yep. rubbish everywhere yeah because I, I walked through kind of like a park to get to work and rubbish everywhere everywhere and and when you've got that kind of attitude where nobody can even be bothered to pick up a bit of rubbish it's negligence it's, isn't it's, it yeah what what's the outlook so perhaps the future of humankind is to go to mars in a in a way to escape humanity but then that could be an issue that could be an issue because you've actually brought up uh, as we probably rounding off this conversation uh, and topic for for this episode uh, wasn't there a film called was it elysium yeah so yeah so where you have the (laughs) people (laughs) that are with money scientists and the wealthy go off planet that was one of my giant ring question and leave all the people that are the workers it's also a good film planet uh, called don't look up with uh, leonardo DiCaprio. And Jennifer Lawrence. The base is a meteorite heading for Earth, and no oh, one believes them. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I watched then, that one. Yes, yeah. that was a very good. And then right at the end, it's literally the rich people that get to escape Earth yeah. and go somewhere else, and uh, instantly get eaten up by the, the uh, Jeff. Was it the the Elon Musk stroke Jeff Bezos type of character yeah. got eaten by a, an alien? Creature. I need to see this now. It was a it's a really good movie. It's I don't want to spoil it. We won't say any more spoilers. We kind of did spoil it. We won't spoil it for Zach. We won't spoil it for. I'll, I'll try and forget that. Forget that bit. But it's uh, no, it, it really does have uh, 
uh, it's really a statement on society mm. as it is today. Yeah. So humans that are listening to this, please, please start seeing yourselves as the crew of planet Earth. Everybody's got to be a crew crew member that works together to make the planet we're on. We're a team. We're a team. All of us. We should stop being violent to everybody. You know, it's, it's really easy. If everybody just started being nice, you wouldn't need police officers. You wouldn't need, there'd be no crime. But unfortunately, humans aren't like that. No. You know, it's um, always want, 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 want. It's not like that. And that's why people who are nice and kind are usually the ones that then get uh, get um, you know, scammed by, Unfortunately, by, by, yeah. the, by the uh, people that have got no conscience at all. Yeah, taking advantage. Mm. So that's where we are. So what have we learned? We've kind of learned, hopefully. How horrible we are as a society. <laughs> how horrible we are as a society <laughs> and how we need to get, the, get our ass to Mars. <laughs> um, but on the topic of Mars... It is theoretically possible to get to Mars. It feels like now, it feels like it's in reaching distance. I think it's pardon in the pun, distance. but it's like it feels like it's. We could do very it very close. <laughs> yes, and I think the question, simple question of should we do it or shouldn't we do it? Maybe that's a question we should just ask ourselves in the studio right now. Personally, I think we should do it because we will learn an awful lot from mm. that to hopefully help earth as is now that's my opinion what about you guys i fear that we will probably end up sending or it'll be the rich that will go there first if it becomes a planet that's safe to live on and yeah, has, it becomes that haven yeah has a, a a similar kind of lifestyle to what we yeah, are, yeah. are like on earth it will be the rich people yeah, it won't be the you don't working, see us having easy jet flights <laughs> it won't be the working class <laughs> no. going to mars at all so we'll be left here whether or not we're left in a Good condition, Elysium. Elysium. Basically, <laughs> if we're left in a good condition, but I fear that. So, so Jack, unfortunately, you, wealth will the class divide will yeah, be. Yeah, I can immense. see where you're coming from. So, but do you think that it would be a positive thing or a negative thing? Should we go to Mars? Should we go to Mars? Dep- that's what I mean. It depends on your current it status depends. in society. Okay, as an individual, <laughs> would you like to see humans go to Mars, or do you think it's a waste of money and resources? Um. I'm kind of undecided. Uh, again, I just wouldn't like to see the privileged go to Mars and live happily on a new, fresh planet and I, leave yeah. everyone else. I, I kind of imagine it would be the scientists. Mm. That would yeah, be it would, we, we're talking about commercial flights to, yeah. to space now, of, I suppose. owned by billionaires. <laughs> well, maybe the, we're talking about may, the may, actual space companies that are going to take may, us maybe to Mars. Us, maybe us common folk will get to have holidays on, on, on the moon. <laughs> But won't quite get to Bermuda, Mars. You know. I, For example, yeah. what about, if, if Elon Musk gets to Mars first, yeah. will he be like the Emperor, god, the god King of, of Mars? Mars. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. I, I'm assuming there's kind of an international treaty to say that you can't stick your flag in Mars and claim it to your own. Because that's a Star War. But if, you, if you're the only person that's there, <laughs> company, the company, if you're the only company that's there, then even if the... Uh, written sort of rule is nobody claims it you're still going to claim it because you're the only company yeah, cause there because every single you, you plastic, hold the cards every single recycled cup you use every recycled thing everything that's there it's all got the company logo stamped on it it doesn't really matter the company is that's <laughs> the company's there if it's there it's sustaining itself it's... unless you i mean where you get the issue is if you've got a company which has got to mars and kind of made it theirs and started to terraform or started to, to create an underground uh, city to mine and produce stuff. What's stopping another continent doing the same? What's stopping China going there? And then mm. would you have uh, 
the first people there saying, oh, you know, we, we, we don't want them landing on the other side how of the much, planet. How much land do we actually own? You know, <laughs> you know, maybe that would be an issue in future, but who knows? That's, again, back down to our human... That's just who we are as humans, aren't we? Yeah. We, we can't get So, anyway, we have <laughs> so, asked yes. Zach. <laughs> Mars, yes, or Mars, no? Right. I very much get what Jack just said, and I kind of feel that looking into the far future that could be an issue it will be it will be an issue (laughs) um initially though the aim is to get somebody to mars yep okay i would love to see that i'd love to see it yeah it would be i just fear phenomenal human achievement i suppose the three of us yeah if you're going to just purely say the question is would you like to see a human get to mars then we'd all say yes Mm. That's kind of a slightly different question to should we or shouldn't yeah. we. For, for <laughs> That's ben- a loaded question. For the benefit of the planet. <laughs> but interesting you say about the rich going there. That surely would only work if everything's automated. Otherwise, you're still going to need to take people I'm talking to, like to when, do the labour. You know, rich stuff. rich people to go and farm. Like That'll yeah. all be done by then, by, as you said, the scientists, the astronauts, and that sort of the thing. Robots. The, auto- the exactly. robots, the automated systems. That's when we get there and the robots have already claimed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no. Actually, you've well, given us a bit of Funny <laughs> you should say that. Uh, it might be something that you've already considered. But actually, Mars is the only planet we know which is totally populated at this moment by robots. So far as we know. <laughs> Cybertron. It did appear in a Transformers movie. There's a load of robots on one. Well, that's what killed the Beagle, wasn't it? Beagle 1, that was uh, the, the, the British probe that uh, crash landed. <laughs> did it land in in that movie? And yeah. One of the Cyber- Cybertrons stood on it. Oh, yeah. It's called a Transformer. Is it? Not Cybertron. Cybertron's the planet they live on. Is it? Oh, Autobot. Decepticon. Decepticon. <laughs> oh, right, Decepticon then. Because <laughs> okay. yeah. Autobots wouldn't do that. No. no. Yes, the Decepticons, they're mean. <laughs> they're mean Decepticons. Transformers podcast. <laughs> okay, so there you go. So there you go. It might, it might end up with Mars being completely populated by... A new robotic AI and they'll <laughs> kick all the rich people off. Yes. Oh yeah. no! They'll, we'll get there, about to land, and they'll go. Oh, it's gone! It's gone dark. All where, the, where are the people? <laughs> all the rich people will be used as slaves for the robots. There you go. You torch, don't look up. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so there we go. Hopefully, we've answered a lot of questions. Speculated over some of the information. Maybe mm. we've looked at the. We've re- covered a lot. We've looked at the research. I think it is actually possible to get people to Mars. Hopefully in a good condition yes <laughs> but i do think the only way they're going to do that is if they send the stuff there first yes they've got to send they've got to have the technology to send stuff there first to set up habitation and all the things that human beings need to live before they go i don't see that it's going to happen just like astronauts getting in the space rocket and going to mars ain't going to happen as we've established there's so many little challenges that we need to overcome first yeah. before we're anywhere near <laughs> and uh, and all those challenges all those systems all those things all need backups and they, they all fail. need to work yeah here we go <laughs> brilliant well, that's our first episode on mars maybe we shall return hopefully yeah when someone does land on mars and, we can uh, look oh, back oh, on this oh yeah that would be really yeah, cool <laughs> we would be able to look back hopefully i'll still be around <laughs> you can wheel me in here, you know. And I'll be going, oh, oh no, we're going to have to add a wheelchair actually, ramp. Have they actually got there then? You might be an ramp? AI. You might be a, like oh, a brain in a tank. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Oh, nice. Great. <laughs> Just be bubbling away in the corner <laughs> of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, really good. Good opinion there. Yeah. Good opinion. There, <laughs> thanks. thanks a lot, son. Thanks for the contribution. <laughs> okay. So, there we go. We're going to leave Mars for the moment. We've, we've taken off. We've assembled our spaceship. We've got there. There you go. Job done. Yes. 
So at this point in the show, we always like to look back on some of our previous episodes in a segment that we like to call the Now We Know Show Flashback. And I believe Zach has a Now We Know Show flashback for us. I hope so. Otherwise yes. it's not <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, we're going to take a stroll back to our geocaching Ooh. episode. Oh, out about the mega cache or whatever it was. <laughs> it was a power trail. Power trail. LN power trail. On the hottest day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we seem to have a really good response from that episode mm. and the Now We Know show would like to announce that we are planning kind of a sub-series of the Now We Know show called the Now We Know show Geocaching Trails. Spin-off series. Yes. Right, so we're out and about then. Yes, that'll be maybe a little shorter episodes where a combination of us, Buzz, Zach, Jack, or either or anyone. Jack and Buzz. <laughs> no, we might have a few guests. Who yeah, knows? Who knows? But we're announcing oh, that, that sounds fun. we're going to be doing Geocaching trails. Yeah, as we've discovered, it's very popular. Yes, yes, yes we have. And if you're listening and you are an expert at geocaching, you know any good areas that we can find? Please, please recommend. We are still very new <laughs> yes. to this geocaching business. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and if you haven't listened to the geocaching episode of the Now We Know show, go take a look. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe to this channel and comment below any suggestions of topics or activities you'd like to listen to in future episodes. So that's a, a big Martian Buzz sitting there drinking his scotch and coke waving back at planet Earth goodbye from Buzz. It's a big artificial plant that probably doesn't taste very nice, but we have to eat it anyway. Goodbye from Jack. And it's a reptilian subterranean goodbye from Zach. Oh no. It's all going to go wrong. <laughs> he actually did quite well to steer away from aliens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once. <laughs> there. And now for the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, goodbye, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.